you're tuned to More Living with Jim Brogan, broadcasted live from the Brogan Financial Studios at News Talk 98.7, where old-fashioned values, expert knowledge, and genuine understanding come together to give you the retirement straight talk you deserve. Jim's a former National Advisor of the Year recipient and a financial educator, and he's here today to talk about how you can live out the best years of your life. Jim and the Brogan Financial Team have been helping retirees and pre-retirees across the Southeast for almost 20 years in their pursuit of financial independence. You can reach them during the week at 865-862-6800. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn, folks, because more living with Jim Brogan starts now. Not a lot to talk about today. Uh, The Biden administration has talked about several tax-increasing measures on individuals, businesses, and estates on the campaign trail and has now put out a more defined plan. There are several big proposed changes, especially like taxing capital gains at ordinary income tax rates for high earners and an end to the step up in tax basis at death, which we'll talk about what that is and how that works. Uh, If some of these measures are passed, you could need to take another look at your investment strategy, your tax strategy, and your estate planning. So in today's shows, we're going to discuss these changes and some tax minimization strategies. You know, what can you be doing about what's on the horizon? How likely is it that these tax increases will pass, and what does that mean for you and me? Uh, As always, um, you can call us if you have a question about these tax uh, excuse me these tax proposals six five six eight two five five if you'd like to get on the air Um, and then uh, if you have questions about retirement overall you can always call our office at eight six five eight six two sixty eight hundred you can also visit us online at broganfinancial.com so today we're going to talk about how to overcome these tax challenges that could be ahead of you Um, And so we're going to talk about how the Biden administration has proposed increasing taxes on individuals and businesses, more changes that affect passing on wealth to your heirs, what can you be doing about this, and we'll also talk a little bit about an estate planning strategy that has already been eliminated, and uh, we'll also get into some of the inflationary concerns I know a lot of you have. And what does all this mean for the future economically? Like, what are we likely to see in the next 10 years? What are some of the challenges? What are some of the opportunities? And uh, so we're going to get into a lot of great retirement planning subjects on today's show. So let's just kind of dive right in. So the Biden administration is proposing changes to the tax code on earned income, on investment income, and potentially how things work when you pass away. So we're going to get into, and they've also proposed tax increasing measures for businesses uh, and two corporate tax minimums. So, you know, when we look at all this, let's just kind of review a little bit where we are right now uh, and and the, the challenges we're facing. Our debt as a percentage of GDP, and that's how we should measure our debt. You know, we can't compare a $27 trillion number today with a number from the 1970s or the 1950s. I mean, number one, dollars aren't worth now what they were in the 50s and the 70s, and number two, the U.S. economy is much larger. 
a lot more people, we produce a lot more output. Our gross domestic product has changed dramatically. So the best way to really think about our debt is to look at it in relation to the size of the economy, which is our GDP. All the goods and services produced and sold by the United States, both here and all over the world. So if we look at that, we're now over 125% debt to GDP. So we owe 25% more debt than the entire size of our economy. So that's the highest it's ever been. It was 121% after World War II. But it immediately came down in the late 40s and through the 50s. We, we saw some of the big, biggest budget surpluses in 1947, 48, 49 than we've ever had on record. And we had the baby boom and economic, uh, we just were exploding economically post-World War II. So that's not the situation we're in right now. So, you know, two longer-term concerns are how are we going to control our debt and then all the easy money policy from the Federal Reserve, you know, all the money that's been printed. And the two challenges there are, the, the, the biggest challenge, in my opinion, is we're likely in the coming decade to have a increased income taxes across the board. So we're talking, again, income, earned income, investment taxation, maybe estate taxes, certainly what happens when you pass away and you pass assets to your heirs. And I think there's a chance over the next 10 years we could see substantial changes. So it's, and we'll get to the inflation stuff later in the show, but the taxes to me, we're going to potentially have a radically different tax system 10 years from now. Now, we may not. Uh, taxes may go only up a little bit, uh, but taxes are already on the books to increase in 2026 because the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act expires in 2026. So see, even if Congress does nothing, our income taxes are going to go up in 2026. Uh, I think it's likely they'll go up more over time. We just don't know how quickly. So that's the backdrop for which we have to consider kind of what's going on right now. And then we know the spending in Washington has been very, very high through the pandemic. Now we're talking about infrastructure bills and all these other spending plans. So the Biden administration has proposed, they call it their green book, now, frankly, there's really nothing green about it. It's not about environmental spending. I mean, it's really about a whole lot of stuff, but it would increase a lot of different tax rates. Now, on the top marginal income tax rate, so, you know, the Biden administration is saying that initially income taxes would only affect high earners. So the highest income tax bracket is currently 37%. And it would go to 39.6. And the bracket would drop. So in other words, you would hit the 39.6% bracket more quickly than you now hit the 37% bracket. All of that would go down. Uh, the long-term capital gains rate for people that make over a million dollars a year would go from the highest right now is 23.8%. It's 20% for high earners, over $450,000 for joint filers, okay, uh, and close to that for individual filers. 
it would go from 20, and, and then there's, so there's 20%, there's also a 3.8% uh, from the Obamacare, the Affordable Health Care Act. So in all of effect, it's 23.8%. It would go to 43.4%. So it would almost double. Now, I know you may be thinking, well, Jim, you know, not many people in Knoxville make, make over a million dollars a year. And that may, and that's true. But let's talk about the ramifications of the increase in the capital gains rate. You know, our Internal Revenue Code has always incentivized people to invest. And that's why the Internal Revenue Code is structured the way that it is. Long-term gains ta capital tax treatment is really one of the greatest things in our Internal Revenue Code because it incentivizes investment. Now, in a retirement strategy, and really, frankly, in any tax strategy for anyone listening this morning, capital gains tax planning should be a big part of your strategy because long-term capital gains rates for almost everybody are lower than ordinary income tax rates, significantly in many cases. And there are a lot of opportunities that we can capitalize, and I'm going to get into some of those today. But the implication of removing that incentive for investment for one group of taxpayers. Now, granted, high earners, but in my view, it's kind of opening up Pandora's box, and I think there's a danger there. You know, I don't remember who, was, who it was that said, I've never seen anything more permanent than a temporary government program, right? We've all heard that. So, you know, once they open up this box and say, we're going to take this group of taxpayers and we're going to eliminate the incentive for, for long-term capital gains. Well, where does that go in 10 years? You know, when the, when the income tax was started in 1914, it was one page. The tax return, the 1040 in 1914, the first one, I've got a picture of it in my office. It was one page. And most people in 1914 didn't even make enough money to pay any income tax. Because you had to make over at least $3,000 in 1914, and that was pretty high income in 1914. And then it was only 1% tax is what it started at. But we opened up Pandora's box, and now we have this internal revenue code that I like to call the Full Employment Act for CPAs and attorneys. Because it really does take almost a PhD to understand the internal revenue code. Well, so, you know, you, you start something, and then where does it go in the future? Then I think it's a big risk that the incentives for investment with long-term capital gains planning, uh, are, you know, it starts to encroach on all of that. So that's the danger there, is where does it go down the road? And so what that means is in the meantime, you know, how likely is it that that's going to pass by by say, the, the end of this year, you know, I don't know. Uh, but in the longer term, we have real budget challenges. And so I think a strategy today has got to look at how you can take advantage of long-term capital gains while you can. So we're going to get into that in the next segment. I'm also going to talk about the corporate income tax proposal and what that might mean for you and me. And for those of you listening, if you don't own a business, what does that really mean? How might that affect you? And then what about this step up in tax basis in death? Uh, it's a huge issue that you need to understand. So we're going to get into that. And again, how do we plan for this effectively? So stay with us. You're listening to More Living with Jim Brogan, only on News Talk 98.7 WOKI.
Welcome back to News Talk 98.7's Brogan Financial Studios, where Jim Brogan is coming to you live with important news and advice to help you achieve your dream retirement. Get ready to learn and live. Here's your host, Jim Brogan. Welcome back to More Living here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. I'm your host, Jim Brogan. You can catch More Living every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. and again at 3 p.m. You can also catch all of our podcasts on our website at broganfinancial.com. Just click on radio. And we're talking today about the Biden administration's tax proposals. We started there talking about the backdrop of where we are historically with our federal debt. And, you know, plus we're proposing a lot more spending. So, you know, whether it happens now or down the line, I think tax increases are in our future. So we need to plan for this now while we can. So we've talked about the long-term capital gains rate potentially being taken away from high earners, people over a million dollars in earnings. And the concern there is the dangerous precedent that that sets. And then how much does that trickle down into the future and eventually affect all taxpayers? So in the meantime, that's not going to happen right away. I mean, number one, I don't know if Biden can get his tax plan through Congress, even just for high earners. Uh, certainly doing something in the, in the next, you know, certainly before the midterm elections, that would affect people under a million dollars with long-term gains? Slim to none, in my opinion. It's a risk down the road. So I think you do have some time to do some capital gains tax planning. Now, to be clear, if you are a high earner, the Biden proposal would retroactively tax long-term capital gains as ordinary income for people over a million dollars all the way back since late April when he proposed it. So you can't rush out if you find out the law is going to go into place. You can't rush out and sell things and get the preferable capital gains tax treatment. Now, I don't think that provision is likely to pass. But, you know, who knows with Washington, D.C. But under a million, you're not really a big risk there. And that's most of you listening today. So let's talk about how you can take advantage of the long-term capital gains rates. I very rarely have someone come into my office that really is actively taking advantage of long-term capital gains. So let's visit this a little bit. Uh, There is, first off, there is a sweet spot between retirement age and age 72 for most people, most of you that retire. Because once you retire, you no longer have earned income. So it's up to you to decide how you're going to draw retirement income. Now, if you You know, if you draw a pension, it's going to be taxed. If you draw Social Security, some or most of it may be taxed, depending on your other income. You know, how you invest your money, you're in control of that. You're in control of how you invest your money and how that generates investment taxation. The bottom line is, though, and and you control where you pull income from and how it is taxed. Like if, if you're drawing Social Security and you need extra income, Do you go to ABC Bank or XYZ Securities, or do you go to your IRA or 401k? And when you pull that out, how's it taxed? Or how's it not taxed? So you're you're in control of all that. You're in control of your investment taxation to a large degree. There is a, as a rule in retirement, you have more control over your income taxes than at any other time in your life. 
And in many cases, you can keep your income taxes very low. We have a multitude of clients that are high net worth and can keep their income tax bracket very low in the early years of retirement and before they turn 72. Now, why 72? That's when you have to start taking the distributions from your retirement accounts. They're forced. And when you add all those together, it's in rough figures, it's about a 4% distribution. So if you have a million dollars in retirement accounts, let's use round numbers, that's about a $40,000 taxable distribution that's going to start at 72 years old. So you're going to lose, that's forced taxable income. So you're going to lose some control when you turn 72. So there's this enormous control you have before you turn 72 when you're already retired. And there are some real advantages we can take. So when your total income as a married couple is under $105,000, guess what your tax rate is on long-term capital gains? It's 0%. Zero. We actually have a 0% tax rate in the Internal Revenue Code. And it's for long-term capital gains If you're for any total income that's included that, that is under $105,000. Well, $105,000 is a pretty, pretty good amount of income. And the reason for that, if it's, it's $105,000, you take a tax deduction. The standard deduction would bring you down to $80,000 of taxable income. And that's where that bracket, you would then kick into 15% for long-term gains. Now, it, for ordinary income, that's 10 and 12% up to $105,000. Well, those are great rates too. So in those early years of retirement, if you draw your income appropriately and you invest your money with at least some look at income taxes, at least some cognizance of that, you may can be in a 0% bracket for long-term gains and a 10 or 12% bracket for ordinary income. You could do Roth conversion, 10, 12% bracket, or long-term gains at zero. Now then when you go up over those numbers, ordinary income taxes go to 22%, long-term gains are only 15. Then when ordinary income goes to 24%, you're still at 15. I could go on and on and on. I don't want to go through the entire tax rate structure, but the bottom line is even a 15 or 18.8% long-term capital gains rate, when you compare what the ordinary income tax rate would be, pretty darn good. And that's why you hear these stories. Like, do you remember back in 2012, Mitt Romney was running against President Obama? And there was a big blow-up because the effective tax rate for Mitt Romney and Warren Buffett was like 17%. Do you remember that? It was like a big thing about how their effective income tax rate on all their income was like 17%. So they were paying a lower tax rate effectively than many upper middle income Americans. Well, why is that? It was the way they utilize long-term capital gains. Back then, you only had the 15% rate. So it was how they utilized that. They were very smart with their tax planning. So here's, so how do you do that, and where do I see mistakes? So I had, I had a couple come into my office a few weeks ago, and they had significant IRA investments, seven figures, 
and they had seven figures of non-IRA holdings investments. Well, all their IRA investments, most of them, were in stocks and funds, mutual funds, index funds, ETFs. In other words, capital assets. You know, you buy stock, you want it to grow in value, and then you can sell it and you've got a long-term gain, right? The problem is in an IRA, you don't get long-term gain treatment. Anything coming out of an IRA is taxed as ordinary income. Then all their money that was not in their IRA was was in bank types of holdings. CDs, there were some individual bonds in there. Well, those aren't assets that are going to have, they're they're not going to grow. They're not capital assets that are going to grow. So in other words, they didn't have any investments that could even get long-term capital gains. They didn't own any stocks or mutual funds or ETFs outside the IRA. They couldn't take advantage of long-term gains. I have a client right now that has a $90,000 capital loss carry forward. And almost all of her money is in her IRAs. So she, it, right now, that client cannot take advantage of a $90,000 capital loss. You know, if you have a $90,000 capital loss, what that means is you could provide some tax planning and investment planning that down the road you could realize $90,000 worth of capital gains and pay no tax on it, regardless of the tax bracket. I mean, what if long-term capital gains rates go up in five years? Well, if you have a $90,000 loss carry forward and you use that, you can offset $90,000 of gains. Right now, if if almost all your money's in an IRA, that doesn't work. You, you don't get that benefit. So we need a strategy. We're putting a strategy in place, especially at 72 years old, where we can take some of those minimum distributions that you don't, you know, she doesn't need for income. We can also take some of her excess cash at the bank, and we can intentionally invest in things like stocks and mutual funds and ETFs to take advantage once we've owned them for a year, she can sell them for long-term capital gains. So we're doing planning now to take advantage down the road of this $90,000 loss carry forward. That other client that has over a million dollars in bank holdings, we can start to invest that differently to get long-term capital gains tax treatment over the next few years because we don't know how long we're going to have those in, those great rates. So I'll be honest, you know, I very rarely see p- people come into my office that are taking advantage of these things. You know, most people I see, they work with their CPA, but what they mostly do with their CPA is tax preparation. And, and it's not tax planning. Tax preparation is looking in the rearview mirror at things that already happened. That's what we just did in March and April and into early May with the the extension of the deadline. But those things that happened in 2020, you can't undo them. You know, if you you had an invest, if you have, if you took $10,000 out of your IRA in 2020, and you got a 1099 on that as ordinary income, well, there's, you cannot undo that now. It already happened. So, you know, there's very little that you can really do with tax preparation to save on taxes. Now, CPAs can do that. They look into the code and make sure everything's packaged properly to save you when you file your tax return, but there's just not a lot you can do because you've already got those 1099s. Tax planning is looking forward. 
and being very intentional about the income taxes that you pay, both now and in the future. And, you know, I've talked about this sweet spot between retirement and age 72. Hey, let me tell you, with where we may be going with taxes in the future, you need to be looking at this. If you're still working, you need to be looking at are you taking advantage of everything you can. I'll talk a little bit about that in the next segment. If you're already over 72 and taking minimum distributions, that's okay. There's still a lot. Once you take that minimum, there's still a lot of things you might can do with things like Roth conversion. After you've taken your RMD, you cannot convert your RMD to Roth. But once you've taken that RMD, you can look at Roth conversion. You can also take some of the proceeds from your RMDs and make sure you're investing in a way to take advantage of long-term capital gains. So there are a lot of things, regardless of your age, that you need to be considering. Now, when we come back from our break, I'm going to talk a little bit about, you know, more things you can be doing if you're not retired. And we're going to talk about this step-up in basis at death that the Biden administration is talking about and how that might affect you and why it's important. So don't go away. You're listening to More Living with Jim Brogan right here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to News Talk 98.7's Brogan Financial Studios, where Jim Brogan is coming to you live with important news and advice to help you achieve your dream retirement. Get ready to learn and live. Here's your host, Jim Brogan. Welcome back. This is More Living with Jim Brogan, where it's all about living the best years of your life your way. This is News Talk 98.7 WOKI. You can catch us every Saturday morning, 9 a.m., again at 3 p.m. You can also check us out online, broganfinancial.com. You can download all of our podcasts for both our shows. Now, when I, you know, I do a financial show about every three weeks. Other weeks, we interview great guests. And in those shows, I always do a dollars and cents segment, which is a financial tip, only about three to five minutes. So you can download all of that at our website. Also, my Retirement Minute, which is a tip of the week that airs every week on this station throughout the week can also be downloaded and listened to at my website. So again, go to broganfinancial.com, click on radio. We're talking about income taxes. Our income taxes, in my view, well, they're definitely going up. Even with no changes in Congress, they're going up in 2026. And I think the, the risk of them going up dramatically over the next 10 years is pretty high. In addition, the Biden administration is proposing large tax increases. And we're going over some of that today. I think it's going to be a while before we see tax increases that affect a lot of middle-income Americans. Uh, In terms of while you're alive, maybe not at death, I'm going to get into that in just a minute, but while you're alive. So I think you need to be doing everything you can to save on income taxes now. We talked about the long-term capital gains tax and how important it is to include that in your tax planning. Uh, and position yourself to be able to use it in in the coming years because at some point, even for middle-income America, that tax incentive may get taken away. Now, if you're still working, I mentioned in the last segment, if you're still working, there are things, especially if you're over 50, what can you be doing to save on income taxes? So, so, you know, when when you're in the year you turn 50 or higher, you can now contribute an extra $6,500 to your 401k. So instead of 19500 if you're 50 or up, you can do $26,000 a year. 
or 403B or, you know, company plan. If you have an, on an IRA, if you're eligible to do a deductible IRA, you can do an extra $1,000. So you can do 7000 instead of six. Or a Roth IRA, you can do 7000 instead of six. Also, you definitely need to be checking with your 401k provider. Do they offer a Roth option on the 401k? Because, you know, if you're 50 or older, you can put up to $26,000 in a Roth 401k. Now, you don't get a tax deduction today when you do that, but then that's tax-free when you retire down the line after five years. So, you know, looking at your tax system now and what it may be in the future is critically important to understand how that works. You know, the 24% tax bracket right now goes, I mean, you don't get over 24% income tax rate until, for a married couple, until you're well into the 300,000s of taxable income, over 310,000. So 24% is a pretty good rate. And in 2026, that's going to go away. It may go away more quickly. And in the future, that 24% rate, if you have $250,000 of income, may very well be 33 or 35%. Who knows where it could be? So we need to be able to look to the future and look at our retirement years, look at what are our minimum distributions likely to be from our retirement accounts that's taxable income, and do we have opportunities with income taxes? You know, when we look at Roth versus traditional IRA or 401k, the benefit to Roth is is if when you take the money out, you're in a higher tax rate than when you put the money in. Historically, that's not been the case for people in their 50s because those are your highest earning years in your 50s and you retire, your taxable income drops a lot. But does it? What happens when you're 72 and you take minimum distributions? You know, is it really going to drop a lot? And then where are tax brackets going in the future? So you know, in a Roth, you're saying, I'm going to pay the tax now at, say, 22 24%, so I don't have to pay it in the future when it might be a lot higher. Now, it takes time to recover from the upfront tax cost of a Roth, you know, because you don't get that deduction, or if you're doing a conversion, you have to pay the tax now. So that has to be carefully evaluated. That's what we do at Brogan Financial. We evaluate things like Roth conversion. Do you have a Roth option in your 401k? Are you positioning investments to take advantage of long-term capital gains while you can? Because we don't know how long we'll have that. I think we'll have that for several years if you're under a million dollars in earnings. But I don't know how long we're going to have that. So these are the kind of things. You know, we've all heard the expression, it's not how much you make, it's how much you get to keep. I I don't know that that's ever been more true. You may be the first generation those of you that are still working, getting looking at retiring in the coming five or six years, I mean, really, maybe the first generation that legitimately could be looking at higher tax rates on your retirement income than you have now while you're working. Historically, that has not been the case because your taxable income goes down. Maybe not a lot, but the, the risk of rising taxes is just, I cannot underscore how significant of a risk this is. So if you would like to do a thorough review of your tax plan, now, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not a CPA. 
I don't, we don't, at Brogan Financial, we don't prepare tax returns, okay? And there is a limit to how deeply we can go. We can go pretty deep on looking forward. So if you want to review how you're handling your income taxes and how you're positioned both for now and most importantly in the future, we'd love to help you with that. You can give us a call. We'll provide a consultation. We can either talk, you know, there's a couple of ways to do that. We can schedule a 15-minute phone call directly with me, and we can talk for 15 minutes. You can ask me anything you want, run anything by me about income taxes. Uh, or we can do a consultation. We can come in, meet my office for 45 or 50 minutes, or we can even do it virtually. You know, I know most people now are coming into our office, but we've got the capability to do both, and we'd love to talk to you. So we can review your tax return, review your investment strategy, look at how all those pieces of the puzzle fit together and help you develop more of a plan to save you more tax money so you can have more net income for you. So give us a call, 865-862-6800, or you can go to my website at broganfinancial.com. You can click for a free consultation. You can also sign up for my weekly newsletter. It's an e-blast emailed to your inbox every week, and all we have in that e-newsletter is content. We push out information to you so you can make prudent decisions that can impact the quality of your life, keep you informed, blogs, video blogs, uh, dollars and cents segment. I'm going to be on Bob Yarbrough Monday. We'll push that out on the weekly e-blast. I'm going to be filling in for Phil Williams next Thursday. We'll be pushing that content out. So check us out online, broganfinancial.com. Sign up for our e-blast. You can also click on resources and download any content you like that we have. We have a lot of content, including tax planning in the new age, which covers a lot of these things we've talked about. Now, when we come back, I do want to hit briefly in this last segment the concerns. Man, everybody is talking about inflation. How big of a risk is inflation? both now and in the future. So stay with us. This is important information that could affect your financial success. You're listening to More Living with Jim Brogan right here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to News Talk 98.7's Brogan Financial Studios, where Jim Brogan is coming to you live with important news and advice to help you achieve your dream retirement. Get ready to learn and live. Here's your host, Jim Brogan. Welcome back. You've been listening to More Living with Jim Brogan here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. It is absolutely beautiful out today. So get out and enjoy the outdoors. Be adventurous. Move that body. Get your blood flowing. Nothing better than being outside, in my opinion. Uh, We're on every Saturday, 9 a.m. and again at 3 p.m. You can also download all our shows and all of our podcasts at broganfinancial.com. You can click on radio. Now let's talk about inflation. Everybody's talking about inflation. There's definitely inflation right now. Now, the question is, where do we go from here? And I can't tell you, you know, I probably, the number one question I've been asked the last two months has been about future taxes. The number two question is about inflation. And honestly, in the last three weeks, I may have even, people coming into our office asking even more about inflation. So what's going on right now? We definitely have inflation, and I think we're going to definitely have it through most of the rest of the year. But if you look at what is the cause of today's inflation, 
Well, the, the, if we look at this, the economy is reopening from the pandemic. And in addition, so we have this enormous demand. We, we, we know we have huge supply chain issues. It's hard to get lumber. It's hard to get cars. I mean, I could just go, I mean, dish appliances for your kitchen. I could just go on and on and on. So there are big supply chain issues, plus the supply was already down because of the pandemic, and now there's this huge demand because the economy is reopening all over the country. Well, if we really think about all these things, these are temporary things. This is a temporary phenomenon. I mean, the economy is only going to open up one time in terms of reopening, right? And then we've got this huge supply chain bottlenecks. So we have a huge disequilibrium, if you will, between supply and demand. So if we think back to Economics 101, supply and demand is completely out of balance. And the supply is so short compared to the demand, it's driving prices way up. That's not going to happen forever. I expect the next 12 months or so, this will settle down. Now, so I, in my view, this is a temporary cause. Now, there are some other challenges that could complicate matters, particularly with the fact that we get so much of our supply from the Far East. So there's certainly a lot of political pressure. And we really have no control of that. But in terms of the supply and demand issue right now, this is temporary. So I do expect this to die down somewhat in the coming, let's say, 12 months or so. My concern with inflation is more long-term. You know, the Federal Reserve has had tremendously easy money policy to help us get through the pandemic. And believe it or not, this will blow your mind. Of all the U.S. dollars in circulation, almost 20% of those dollars were printed in 2020. That is an alarming number. Now, the Fed is continuing to buy government bonds every month. And what that means is they're putting more money in circulation every month. So it stands to reason if, if we have all this extra money out there, then the money we already have would be worthless. It's not, it doesn't necessarily work that way because inflation is not only a, a factor of how much money's out there, it's also what is being done with that money when it's out there. How is it circulating through the economy? How quickly is it going through the economy and being spent, invested, all those things? And I don't want to get too technical, but that's what's called the velocity of money. What's actually happening with that money? And the velocity of money has been way down. Uh, so, but, but in the future, I think this is a significant risk. It's not a slam dunk that inflation is going to be a big problem five years from now, ten years from now. But I think it is a big risk. And one of the things that, that go with that is rising interest rates, usually. You know, our interest rates are historically low, and they still are. Now, the Fed's talking about maybe raising rates down the line, but they're just historically low. And that, as an investor, that's a problem. You know, low interest rates is great when you're, when you're borrowing money, building a house, buying a car. But when you're close to retirement or retired and you need investment income, low interest rates are a problem. And, you know, keep in mind, if interest rates go up, bond values go down. 
And so the, the traditional mix of investment bonds uh, is, a, is a real potential problem for most investors in today's world. You know, that's the, the historic benefit of bonds is they hedge the stock market is one of them, and the other would be income from dividends. But in other words, you know, when the market is volatile and the stock market is correcting, people are rushing to the safety of bonds. So they help hold the portfolio, the, the value of the portfolio up. That's diversification. Stocks zig, bonds zag. That's what it, diversification is. You have a whole lot of stuff that if one thing zigs, another zags. That way, if one thing like stocks or stock funds are way down, hopefully not everything's way down. So historically, bonds have added stability to a portfolio in addition to providing income. Well, moving forward, not only are they not going to be providing much income, you know, the long-term prognosis for traditional bonds is very, very poor. So while they may ha help volatility in the, in, in the short term, you're shooting yourself in the foot in the long term. I actually would tell you over the next 10 years, traditional bond investment is a bigger risk to you and your future than stocks, than the stock market. Okay, so now your income plan becomes critically important because you don't want to depend on the stock market for current income in retirement. But this issue of an inflationary environment coupled with the reality that interest rates are likely to increase in the future could really put a squeeze on today's retirees. So you need a different approach to diversification. You know, most people in retirement don't want to just be full on in the stock market. You don't want that kind of risk. I mean, the average bear market loss is over 40%, and that happens about every eight years. Retirees, as a rule, don't want that kind of downside risk. I mean, if you have a million-dollar portfolio, that's a $400,000 loss. Would you want to have that right before retirement or right after retirement? So you need a plan to diversify with other alternative things, like maybe some non-traditional bonds that can go up with rising rates rather than down. Commodities, energy, real estate, these are all alternative kinds of investments that are just, you know, it's more diversification, but it's not that traditional U.S. bond exposure. So all of this becomes critically important when we look at inflation and we look at interest rates. Now, I'm out of time today, uh, so thank you for tuning in.